morning, Alicia. How are you doing today? I'm okay. This is a nice Monday. Right for season two, episode three. Episode three. And uh, what you have in mind today? What do we have prepared actually for this podcast? Well, this was actually like a topic that we had said we wanted to cover a long time ago when we were brainstorming things that, that we would that would be helpful to other people on the podcast. But you wanted to wait a little while so you could get more experience seeing what relapse is all about. Right. I wanted to uh, learn more about being sober or enjoy sobriety a little bit longer. So it's been more time since we talked about this, more than six months. Yeah. So uh, although I don't think that I will ever be ready, I think that I'm more uh, prepared to talk about it and have a different perspective of what I probably would have had a, a few months ago on, on this one because a lot of things had happened and then also I have learned a lot from other people in a good ways and also unfortunately in, in with uh, negative results so let's let's see how it goes today right so we're going to be talking about relapse which is someone will have a period of sobriety usually a long period of sobriety and then they will go back to drinking um, we're going to talk about why it's so common and how anyone is susceptible to it no matter the length of years that you've been sober but the reality is that not what is it eight out of ten people who quit drinking will go back to drinking and out of that eight out of ten people half of them will probably die from the disease before they get the help they need and that's just the reality of the situation and we, Antonio asked me uh, if I had ever relapsed and that would mean that I would have had to have quit drinking for a period of time with the goal of not drinking so yes I have relapsed Antonio would you like to know the story yes please tell me how how did that happen or what was the uh... All right. Events that trigger that situation. Okay. So basically, you know, I got married. We talked about this. And then um, I was teaching and then I stopped teaching. And so that was in like at the end of 2010. And then I just started drinking. So I drank through all of 2010 and it got really bad. Bad enough to where I promised that I would go into a recovery center. So I did. I went to a recovery center April of 2011 and I meant it. I was there for 28 days. I got out. I meant it, but I didn't, I, I wasn't like following up. I was just not drinking and I was doing the laundry and I found this old bottle of Rumplemints and it probably had a tablespoon of Rumplemints in it. That's it. And I drank it. And it was insane. It was like when I quit smoking and then I I quit smoking for like five years and then I started hanging out with like an old friend who still smoked. And I was like hooked back to smoking. Boom. It was the same kind of thing. I drank the Rumplemints and it was like off to the races. Um, and I would even go back to the facility for for reunion meetings or whatever and and I would have been drinking. So that was... That was one. Um, that was my first one. And then I drank some more until I had a surgery. 
and then I was in a wheelchair so I was having to be driven around different places and um, I planned in my mind weeks in advance that once I was able to drive that I was going to just get a little wine just some wine from a gas station and I had pre-planned that so I wasn't finished with it at all and I think that's one thing as far as, as alcoholism, addiction, you, it's never ever gonna go away, ever. Like that is inside of us. It's chronic. It's uh, chronic. The, uh, the, the thing that you mentioned that uh, you were not done with, with that, I, I, uh, I will inquire later what you think that you were not done yet, but let me just uh, tell you what I personally think on this situation. I knowing this not not only your case now that you are uh, uh, sharing but similar stories with uh, not so good endings or not as a tragic ending or worse tra or with a tragic ending. It is that part of my recovery has been being aware constantly of what it will mean to go back to drink, knowing that it will be more difficult, knowing that I was an expert of hiding it, an expert mm -hmm. of acquiring it, an expert of ingesting it, mm -hmm. and thinking and really believing that I was getting away with it, while I was not. Everything on the background was going terribly. So the the thing is that it was, it is for me more I don't want to feel like that ever again. I'm a very, very, I'm very afraid of uh, what I did to my body. I'm very aware of what happened, at least uh, physiologically. That is, I cannot, I know that my body will not be able to take it. And then we go, I go through the uh, exercise of the other things on uh, socially and uh, uh, engaging as a as as a father, uh, engaging as a professional, whatever I do for a living, and I cannot afford to to make a, a mistake in that aspect. I cannot. It's I, not only fear. It's just how how well I feel right now. How good and and uh, that happiness or that level of feeling healthy. That's what is keeping me from, I think, relapsing. There are more external things that probably will will get me into a, an edge of or a brink of uh, of thinking about it but i've been you know in the last uh, almost 20 months i have exercised of the prudence that i have i've been avoiding elements that will have perhaps put me back on a scenario that i will be able to drink again or even considering it and even on some scenarios that unfortunately being uh, exposed to, nothing has happened. I think that is just to be aware, be uh, it's a mental control that is 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 uh, it, it is very difficult. It's not easy. It's extremely hard. But uh, with the right support, with the right group of people around you, and the right state of mind, I think that uh, it can be overcome. It's not going to go away for never. sure. No, it's never going to. But go away. I I be sure by no incident or accident there is something in the fridge or I go somewhere and it's there I am fully aware of that and uh, I do appreciate sometimes when people ask me Anthony is this okay that 
do we need to remove something from here or what is a modify a menu some people that care they ask and i go ahead and say don't worry about it i had it right but uh, there are other times that i have avoided a gathering because i i know that it will it will be uh, just the smell will may may uh, may bring memories you know so yes it's, it's difficult it's very it difficult. is difficult but possible right to stay sober it is possible i mean but we were looking at different examples of some really sad cases there was you know we looked at philip seymour hoffman who had an issue with alcohol and heroin and, and drugs in his 20s and then successfully through hard work and dedication quit for 23 years um and then he had a little slip and went into rehab but the, the thing is is that the brain is it remembers the feeling and it remembers it, it's it's so dangerous to be an alcoholic or an addict and not keep up with reminding yourself of where you came from. Because it could be as simple as, well the other, okay, you go to a wedding, right? And you accidentally drink a sip of wine. When you, you know, they're giving you the grape juice or whatever, you accidentally drink a sip of wine. And then you're like, oh, whoops. Right, but then your brain starts telling you, hey, remember that wine that you drank? You were fine, you did just fine. Yeah, I could probably have a glass of wine one day and it just gets in there, that little seed gets in there. And if you start drinking again, your brain is like, oh yes, let's do this. But your body is like, whoa, it's not ready for it. And that's why so often relapses end in death because your disease has been like waiting for you. It's just insidious. It is just lurking below, you know, below the, the surface. Are there any warning signs that we should be aware that we are about to go back? For me personally, I was not afraid of it. I guess I hadn't hit rock bottom at all you know that was a big we talked about that in the beginning that was crazy i had not gotten to that point yet it hadn't destroyed i mean it will destroy everything but i wasn't i didn't have a healthy fear of alcohol now if i opened a cabinet and i saw a bottle of rumplemints i would throw it away and since my sobriety the the, the real time i moved three different times like an apartment another apartment and then back into a house because of a flood and I did find bottles of vodka little you know Ozarka bottles and and I threw it away you know but back then I didn't have a healthy fear and like I said the thought that you could maybe do it again one day is is a big sign yeah you know whether or not you're finished with it and if you feel like you could drink again just fine then it's highly probable that you could relapse. I mean, like the stories that we hear, there's this this guy, he used to come in to the grocery store and um, he, uh, he'd been sober for like 40 years and then he went to Prague and, you know, 60 something and he walks into this really fancy schmancy hotel and they have 
the little drinks and they greet you at the door, please, please have the official drink of Prague. And he didn't even think about it. He hadn't prepared, you know, for the alcohol that he, because he'd never been to Europe, whatever, and he drank it. And then he woke up like four days later in London. He made it back, but the mental preparedness. Okay, I'm going to go to this country and there's going to be festivals and alcohol. Like, how am I going to prepare for that? How am I going to deal with it? If you don't keep track and keep your addiction like on the front burner, it could easily just fall to the wayside. And really, it it, it was a tablespoon of rumplements. Right. It's overconfidence. It says that, no, it's not going to happen to me. I, I'm over it. And yes, you, you get to that level of says it's not happening. And then you're right, you lower your guard. It's right there, serve on a nice, nice, uh, it's presented to you. And uh, you go after it. And yeah, you know, four days later, you pop back again, you know, alive by a miracle, maybe. Maybe. Most people don't, though. That's yes. what I'm saying. Yeah, so yeah, th- there, is, there is that theme of overconfidence. Uh, and I think also that we just. It's going to be a constant reminder that we, I mean, really, we cannot forget. No, that's why we, I we say just I'm, can't I, I tell people I'm an alcoholic. Yeah. And then they'll even say, well, but you're not. I mean, I went to a party, what, two nights ago. And my hostess, was amazing, had a whole, like, non-alcoholic section set up. It was so, so amazingly awesome. But there were even people there. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I don't drink. I'm an alcoholic. But you're not still. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, you know, that, that's, that's the perception, you know, that there is not enough information on people. And actually, they should not, they, it's not their duty to know what an alcoholic is or not. So I don't blame True. them, right? right. So it's not, it's not their fault, right? But no. they think that alcoholism is perhaps something like, oh, you, you had a cold. Oh, you recovered. You had pneumonia. You recovered. You, you, you broke your, your arm. You recovered from that. Right, so right. they I, don't get it. People, regular people, just really, really I, I, don't. Yeah, I, yeah, that's that's very true. That they think that this thing is that you you take a medicine or you just stop drinking and then you recover and then th- there is nothing. Is but there this, this is a chronic disease, and uh, it's up to us to are we gonna go out and educate people all around us to do that or we just keep ourselves in track with this very intimate disease that we have and just do everything that we can not to relapse. And there are many things that we can do, you know, first exposure, second, you know. Well, like you said, can I interrupt for a second? Sure. The education, even though I had been like in 28 day rehab, um, I did not know that a tablespoon of rumplements was going to send me back into the same deep, deep addiction. I did not know that. People act like you go to rehab for 28 days and you're cured. But the hard work is when you get out. That's when it really, and the the lack of education, maybe that's why 8 out of 10 go back. Or because they, you know, they weren't completely finished with it. But I didn't realize that just a little bit could send you back so quickly. Quick, yeah, quick. And because you were already at a stage, you know, so whatever you stop, you restart again from the beginning. You start, you were at step eight. Right. So you, 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 you were... You started step eight. Restarted at eight, right. I so, tasted the rumplements, the little bit, and I immediately needed just as much as I had before. Before, right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I, 
I, in, in my case, I have been in so many instances that it could have been so easy, so easy to, to, to start drinking again. No, it was not a, an issue, not being available, an issue of hiding it. It, it was or not, just It was there. being offered to you. Oh, offered or actually served. It was right there on the plate or right there on a, on a, on a glass of, of whatever it was that time, right? But I believe that now it's just the, that craving, it comes back to the smell of, uh, it, it doesn't smell good to me anymore. I don't know about taste because obviously I have not done it, but just the smell of it. I can smell people around that they've been drinking. Mm-hmm. I can I can tell. So clear. It, I, it's it's yeah. like I, I'm starting to get a buzz. So I don't just, I but I I said I step myself to the side, right? You know, I'd rather smell garlic than uh, <laughs> that thing on alcohol. I mean, it's serious. It's seriously. Uh, garlic smells uh, great. Yeah. Well, it depends. Okay. Yeah, if it's raw, probably not. I guess, but I, anyway, okay. yeah, to, to get away from the vampires, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but I, I, yeah, this, this thing on relapse, I was always afraid to talk about it, but uh, I think it's necessary to talk and necessary, you know, in different stages of your recovery, because you said, you know, there are people that had a 40 and boom, there you go. Uh, myself, you know, close to 20 months and uh, I don't see myself ever touching that again, not, not even not even rob it for, you know, <laughs> cut on my skin or something. I, I don't see it. I don't see it as a, as a, the, the problem that I see is that I can't forget. Right. And I will keep it in mind every time that it comes from that, if you know, I, I think it's, it's, uh, it's the awareness. And I don't know how in the future on, on month 40, or, or year 30 or year whatever, what would be the, the thing that remind me that? But I, I, I had clear many aspects of how I felt when I was drinking and what I was not able to do, although I was, a, I am a physically fit individual with no permanent injuries of any kind. I was not able to move gracefully or I wasn't able <laughs> to act normally, you know, I, I felt it. I, I felt cramping, I felt some weakness that I, th- thought that it's not possible how is this happening to me you know and imagine that on your on your brain I was not thinking I mean also I think that it you know I was talking to someone also at that party um, a fellow um, alcoholic and uh, just they were wallowing in in how nobody really gets it and how they've been trying so hard to like make other family members understand and I said well the number one thing is that you have to know that they're not because they're not addicts they're not alcoholics the only other people that are really going to get you are other addicts and alcoholics because that's the disease so stop wallowing and trying to make other people understand you and you need to understand yourself and make sure that you remember play the tape they say like play the tape back in your mind what happens when you drink well, for me, I can't stop. I cannot stop drinking and I will drink myself to death. What about you? I will not stop drinking. That's for sure. I, I know if I ever touch it again or drink it again, I, I know it will not. Because it took over. You know, it would be easier. I think it would be easier this time to completely lose control. Because I will not be afraid anymore. Because I, I'm doing it. 
I already know what it does physically and mentally to me alcohol. So if I drink one, I have other purpose and intentions. Seriously, it's, it's, it is lethal. For me, it's lethal to even think about. I, you, you try it again, it would be lethal. Yeah, you won't come back. I will not come back. It is it's, it's for sure. Yeah. I, I, I know that you're, with the same certainty, I'm not going to touch it. If I touch it, that will be... I think that is, you know, I don't even think it will be an accident. You, you it's, no. It's, it's not going to be an accident. Oh, you know, no. This, uh, a relapse, the more I read about it and I, I listen and heard these stories, it was, it's not an accident relapse. Mm -hmm. That somebody give you the wrong medication by accident or, or you had an allergy to peanuts or what say you. No, you know, but. This is not it. No, but, but I will say that... Prescription medication, that is why you have to be very careful because that can, that's why it's so important to be on top of your addiction and disease that when the doctor's trying to prescribe you, be honest, like you they need to be like, look, be... I am an addict and right. what can I, what combination can I take so that it takes my pain away? But, you know, basically a lot of us are like, oh yeah, I'm getting the Vicodin. I'm getting the Oxy, whatever. I'm sure I won't abuse it. So yes, it's it's in there. It's planned. It's not an accident. You don't accidentally take more prescription pain medicine than you're supposed to. Uh, yeah, you know when they call it, somebody had an accident overdose. I'm well, not that's sure. real. Yeah, but I don't, I'm not sure. Well, the, the with the heroin and the fentanyl and all that, because well, the amount of the amount that that they used to use is what they fill their needle with, and it just kills them instantly. Right, but in you cannot have an accidental overdose of tequila. No, no, you have to drink that. Mm -hmm. You cannot have an accidental overdose of uh, vodka. It's not accidental. You can mix it by accident with other stuff. I get that. Yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying. But what I'm saying, you cannot have an accidental uh, overdose of alcohol. No, but you drink it and then you just don't care. You just don't. You just lose control and your body just keeps drinking. Mm -hmm. You lose control that and then you drink yourself to death in one night. Yeah, that has happened. Yeah, one night. In one night, or one sitting, or one laying down in bed, or whatever you are, yeah. one. And it's it. it's not it's not glorified. It's not like Nicolas Cage and leaving Las Vegas, <laughs> which yeah. was a really sad movie. Right. But right. anyway, well, keep track of your addiction and stay on top of it, and we'll see you. Not see ya. We'll hear you next week. All right. Thanks for listening to Intelligence on the Rock.